Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Thanks for flying with me on this episode. Coming up shortly, we've got the news. We're going to be talking the Pan America, some new goggles to the market. And later on, we're going to be test riding an electric motorbike. Or is it a scooter? More on that after the news. Let's get into the news right now. They're experts at helping make your bike go faster with their range of performance exhausts and now FMF are turning their gaze to the goggle game to help keep you looking ahead. They landed in New Zealand this month and they're the newest in the goggle game. FMF's Vision Goggles is a collaboration between FMF and 100%. The new FMF goggles are dubbed the FMF Vision and they launched with a full roster of athletes to help showcase the new eyewear in the top echelons of the sport. They say we have established a 100% as the number one goggle brand in the world and FMF has done the same for exhausts. After working with FMF and the Alma family on multiple projects, it's exciting to bring the two iconic motocross brands together to introduce FMF Vision, a true partnership of motocross Americana. FMF Racing was built around a passion for dirt bikes and performance products. We enjoy giving back to the sport that has made our iconic brand so successful and teaming up with a company like 100% to bring a new vision to life is a remarkable situation. They're priced at $49.90 for the Power Core goggles and top out at $79.90 for the Power Bomb Adult Pair. Dates for the 2020 Burt Munro Challenge have been announced. The 9th to the 13th of February 2022, it's official. New Zealand's premier motorcycle rally will be returning for its 16th year. Set down to take place the second week of February, there were concerns over the dates earlier this month as a clash was discovered with the Southern Field Days, which was also set to run the same week in Gore. The 2022 Burt Munro Challenge kicks into action with a track day at Teratonga Park on Wednesday the 9th and concludes with the Invercargill Street Races on Sunday the 13th. The iconic beach race will be held at Oreti Beach uh, and is scheduled for Friday the 11th of February. Once again the Burt Munro Challenge Rally site will be Oreti Park outside of Invercargill. Passes will go on sale from October 1st 2021 with an all access pass available which includes camping access to all events and more. Costing around $120 with cheaper options available too. Make sure you book your leave now as uh, that is going to be a busy busy week. Full details of the Bitman Road Challenge 2022 are up at onthrottle.co.nz Harley-Davidson Pan America was launched a few weeks ago and we've got all you need to know about Harley's first adventure bike. Uh, It's one of Harley-Davidson's most hyped models in recent years and finally the boys from Milwaukee have revealed their first crack at an adventure bike, the Pan America. Making its debut as two models, the base Pan America and the Pan America Special, the new Pan America has been developed from the ground up to take Harley-Davidson to the adventure touring segment, and at a first look, they haven't half asked it. It's set to go toe-to-toe with the heavyweights of the adventure class, such as BMW's R1250GS, and uh, with its new 1250cc Revolution Max V twin and long travel suspension, the Pan America will be a premium offering like the European competition. Uh, Hitting New Zealand and priced from $33,995 with a mid-year arrival expected by Harley-Davidson Australia New Zealand. 
Powering the Pan America is Harley Davidson's brand new Revolution Max 1250V Twin. Harley states the new 1250cc V Twin produces 150 horsepower at 9,000 RPM, 127 newton meters of torque at 6,750 RPM. It's the new era for Harley-Davidson and the firm's first water-cooled engine since the original Revolution engine co-developed with Porsche uh, for the V-Rod in the early 2000s. Backing up the engine is a six-speed gearbox and chain final drive which will make for a far more durable final drive on rough roads compared to Harley-Davidson's traditional belt drive. The chassis, as you would expect on the Pan America, is also new and incorporates the engine as a stressed member. Harley-Davidson claims to have focused the design all with the goal of achieving a desirable power-to-weight ratio. The frame is made up of three distinct elements, the front frame, the mid frame, and the tail section, all of which bolt directly to the powertrain. This design reduces motorcycle weight and results in a stiff chassis that, uh, that contributes to precise handling. The weight is claimed at 245 kgs, for the Pan America and the Pan America Special tipping the scales at 258 kgs. The suspension system is supplied by Showa and is a fully adjustable preload and compression rebound dampening. Suspension travel at both ends is 190 millimeters and, and ground clearance is 210 millimeters. The seat height is 868 millimeters on the base Pan Am and the higher spec Pan America Special gains the option to have Harley Davidson's new adaptive ride height system. The ARH system can lower the seat by one to two inches depending on the automatically selected rear preload which determines the ride height when the bike is moving. Unladen the seat height is 833 millimeters in the low position and 856 millimeters in the high position. At the time of launch the Pan America is only available with a set of cast alloy wheels in 19 inch front and 17 inch rear. This points to where Harley Davidson is pointing the Pan America. It's not a hardcore adventurer and is intended for paved roads and unpaved services such as gravel roads, fire roads and the like according to, Har according to Harley Davidson's press release. The upspec Pan America Special will feature the same cast alloy wheels as standard but will have the option of shifting to a set of spoked wheels. Both models utilise a tubeless tyre design in an effort to keep the weight down. Let's talk about electronics. Harley-Davidson have given the Pan America not only the expected rider modes, traction control and the like but some very useful technology as well. All instrumentation and infotainment functions are displayed on the 6.8 inch TFT touchscreen display which Harley-Davidson says is non-reflective glass uh, making it easier to view in most lighting conditions. The touchscreen function is disabled when the motorcycle is in motion but the rider can use hand controls on the bars to manage many functions of the display screen when the motorcycle is moving. The Pan America features five rider modes on the base model, four are pre-programmed and one can be customised. The Pan America 1250 Special model also has a, has two additional modes that can be customised by the owner. If you'd like to see photos and more specs, do check out onthrottle.co.nz. You know, it's interesting, about two years ago I said on the podcast um, that electric motorcycles need to move to a model where 
you had replaceable batteries. You pulled into a petrol station, you took out your dead battery, you put that on charge, you put a new battery in your bike, you paid your money and you moved on. Um, and it looks like that might be what is happening. Big bike brands get serious about battery technology. In a historic move, some of the world's largest motorcycle manufacturers, including Honda, KTM, Yamaha and Piaggio, will move to collaborate on an innovative approach to swapping batteries for motorcycles and light electric vehicles come May 2021. With a global focus on electromobility and with the goals of the Paris Climate Change Agreement in mind, the founding members believe that establishing this consortium will contribute to the transport sector, improving its management of batteries and promoting the use of light electric vehicles. Injecting energy into more sustainable practices will help develop pathways for the sector moving forward. In response to customer concerns, the manufacturers hope to extend the range of batteries, decrease charging time and lower the overall cost for both vehicle production and infrastructure. The worldwide electrification effort to reduce CO2 emissions on a global scale is accelerating, especially in Europe, says Honda's managing officer of motorcycle operations. For the widespread adoption of electric motorcycles, problems such as travel distance and charging times need to be addressed and swappable batteries are a promising solution considering customer convenience, standardization of swappable batteries and wide adoption of battery systems is vital, which is why the four member manufacturers agreed to form the consortium. The consortium will work closely together to define the standardization technical specifications of the swappable battery system for vehicles belonging to the L category, that is mopeds, motorcycles, tricycles and quadcycles. Sustainability is one of the key drivers to the future of mobility and electrification and will play a major role in achieving this goal, says KTM CEO Stefan, Stefan Pierre. For powered two-wheelers, the constraints of electric drivetrains regarding range, charging time and initial cost are all still evident. To overcome these challenges and provide a better customer experience, a swappable battery system based on international technical standards will become a viable solution. Considering the entire life cycle, a widespread application of batteries compliant with a common standard will supply secondary use as well as a circular economy. We're glad to be part of the consortium as we strive towards our goals in the in the e-mobility sector. So it's quite pleasing to see real leadership and investment from the brands to keep the development of the next phase of motorcycling going. Watch this space. Right at the start of the year, we told you the CRF300L and CRF300 Rally would be coming to the country. Well, we told you they were, they were a thing, and then we got word that they were coming to New Zealand and now we've got the pricing. Blue Wing Honda, the guys who distribute Honda motorcycles in New Zealand, have confirmed pricing for the upcoming CRF300 range for the Kiwi market. Pricing for the new CRF300 range starts at $8,995 for the CRF300L, while the rally is set at $9,995. The news that the new CRF 300L and 300 Rally will be heading to New Zealand will be a welcome 
uh, relief to fans of small dual sport motorcycles with the final stage of the ABS legislation coming to infect, coming into effect in November, uh, killing off many of the category due to their lack of technology. The new CRFs will also make a big difference to Honda's lineup here in New Zealand with the CRF 450L likely to be dropped later in the year. Honda's lightweight adventure options were likely to take a big hit without the addition of the 300 models. Upgrades to the 300 range include a move to a larger 286cc single-cylinder engine from the CBR 300, as well as a new lighter frame and new bodywork. The engine alone nets a gain of 10% more power, 18% more torque, while the gearbox ratios have also been revised with shorter ratios in gears 1 to 5 and with 6th remaining as an overdrive gear for highway riding. The clutch is now an assist slipper design to prevent the rear wheel from locking up on downshifts while also being 20% lighter at the lever. As mentioned above, as mentioned, the steel as mentioned, the steel semi-double cradle forms a new design as a major contributor of the CRF 300's 4kg weight loss. The new frame features a revised rigidity balance with more lateral flex for increased feedback, while steering geometry has been adjusted to match both bikes score longer travel suspension and increased ground clearance. As a result, the new chassis and seat height for the CRF 300L is 5mm taller at 880mm, while the rally seat comes in at 885mm and is also broader and rubber-mounted for extra comfort. Its handlebars feature internal weights to minimise vibration and the foot pegs are topped with rubber inserts, while the LED indicators are now flexibly mounted for durability. The rally fuel tank also grows from 10.2 to 12.8 litres for an increased fuel range. This should easily see over 300 kilometres per tank on the new rally. The biggest thing Honda has over its competition is a 21-inch front wheel with Kawasaki's KLX 230 being the only other bike in the class in New Zealand sold uh, to also feature a big front wheel, though the Kawasaki is hampered by the lack of switchable ABS. Both 300s also gain a new LCD dashboard as well as new bodywork and while there is no official word on whether New Zealand's CRF300L will feature LED headlights optioned uh, as seen in Thailand, we would expect that spec to arrive in, in New Zealand as well. For more photos and specs of the 2021 Honda CRF300L and 300 Rally, do check out on throttle.co.nz. The GoCharged Velociraptor is a small electric motorcycle. Or is it a scooter? A couple of days before Christmas I picked up this wee electric motorcycle with no idea what to expect. With a range of about 80 kilometers to a charge and limited to 50 kilometers per hour, this is firmly in the scooter market. If you don't need to go any faster than 50 km per hour, then it might actually be the wave of the future. Equipped with a 72 volt 30 amp battery and coming with a 240 volt standard 3 pin wall socket to charge it up, it has an unbranded, non-adjustable set of forks up front and a single, equally unnamed, equally non-adjustable shock down back, 
machined alloy pegs that look like they came off AliExpress. All LED lighting, again, looking like it came off AliExpress. A monochrome LCD display. The modern 2021 aesthetic is complete, yet very entry-level basic. Impressively though for this little thing, it does come with front and rear disc brakes and pillion pegs, although I'm pretty sure the suspension would be completely maxed out too up. Now electric motors produce all of their torque from the second the throttle is cracked, so the acceleration from this little Velociraptor is actually quite impressive, and because it's light it's very manageable even for new riders. With three gears, all controlled by a switch on the right-hand handlebar, you have three speed level restrictions. First is restricted to 25 km per hour, second is 35 km per hour, and third is 53 km per hour. The go-charged Velociraptor is capable of propelling you up to 53 km per hour pretty quickly. And the feeling of belting around the streets with only the sound of the wind rushing past your helmet is quite uncanny. Now being a motorcycle rider of some experience, I'm used to full-sized bikes with bigger wheels. So riding the little Velociraptor around the streets with its 13-inch wheels, I felt a little unstable. I was thankful for the 50 km per hour speed restriction, but I'm sure it's nothing you wouldn't get used to. At low speed, I'm used to loading up the rear brake, riding the clutch and using the momentum of the pistons to keep balance. With no conventional engine, it's not that easy, as when the brakes are engaged, the drive line is cut regardless of how much you wail on the throttle. It's not impossible to control, but it is a bit of a learning curve. This bike has two levers in the conventional place on the bars. One is the front brake, and where you'd expect the clutch is actually the rear brake. Note to self, don't grab a handful of clutch. Hey, uh, one more time with feeling. GVI and Go Charged call this a cafe racer inspired moped. And I think it would look quite at home outside a cafe, but given its $4,999 price tag, I wonder if it's a little overpriced for the quality of the componentry and the specs it brings to the table. Don't get me wrong, it didn't fall apart under me, but it didn't exactly inspire confidence. It felt a little entry level, a little plastic, a little AliExpress. Hey, hey, lighten up. You gotta be so negative. Maybe I'm being too negative on this wee machine though, it is a cool wee electric scooter and if all you need to do is 50km per hour then it would be a cheap form of transport with no fuel costs. And if you can charge it up off mum and dad's power bill, you're on to an even bigger winner. If you're comparing it to conventional scooters then it is in the upper end of the price bracket. It's also one of the only electric options on the market. In a world where burning dinosaurs is quickly going out of fashion, that price tag might be well justified. I hear GoCharger bringing some faster options to the table in 2021 though, including a fully electric bike that can actually do 100km per hour. So we can't wait to test out future offerings. For more info on the Wii GoCharged Velociraptor, go to gvi.kiwi.
Well, that about wraps up the show. Thank you very much for sticking with us throughout this episode. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. If you want to get hold of us, you can email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well, uploading all the photos and updates as we go through the week. Love to hear from you if you've got any input on the show, whether we're doing a crap job and you think we could do better or you want to hear about something specifically, get hold of us. You can message us through Facebook or Instagram or as I said, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address. Till next time, I've been Ray. Get the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.